You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so oh. wet. Oh my god, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, episode 121. Welcome everyone to um, yet another episode of Trailer Park Podcast where we're going to lay down what could be what I have heard is quite possibly the greatest lineup that we have ever had in the entire history of the of the podcast. I know. I know. It's been said before. I know. <clears throat> I'm not and sure what to tell you. Two, that means that they're twice as good as before. And I would uh, like to extend a hand to uh, to Amanda. I don't know how long you're going to be here, Amanda, but um, we we appreciate your, your coming, even if it's just for the beginning. Oh, oh, okay. I see how it is. So I'm not expected to stay. I'm not welcome to stay. Got it. Well, Noted. just based on recent behavior, you've uh, you've ditched out on us and and vacated early. I'll leave when I want to leave. Are you pushing out my wife? Not pushing out anybody. I made a comment. Now I feel bad about it, and I was trying to justify it, and now everything's gone to shit. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> the lineup may be the best, but intern, don't don't talk until until you're introduced. Don't. Oh, do not speak until you've been spoken to. Yeah. Who put a nickel in you? Welcome to the podcast, intern. Okay, now go. Jeez, it's Christ. like shit through a goose. <laughs> <sighs> Daniel, did I did I introduce you? <clears throat> uh, no introduction necessary. When That's... I speak, people know. <laughs> well, Daniel also <laughs> ejaculated at the beginning of the right. That was my introduction. That with was me. his intro. Yeah. Flopping onto the cold floor from the womb, <laughs> as I do every episode, literally being rebirthed just to be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do they what do they call that? What is it that bursts during childbirth? Oh, water where your water breaks? Yeah, kind of like a placenta goop. Oh, yeah, the afterbirth? Right, the... covered the pl- in... The placenta pow? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> placenta pow. You kind of smother yourself in Vaseline, pretend it's uh, placenta, and then say, hey, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Yep, it's me just like pushing my hands against the membrane until I can find a crack and then peeling it apart like Hulk Hogan r- uh, ripping open his shirt. Is this like where the second coming came from? Yeah. Was the extra placenta pow? Yeah, after the placenta pow is the placenta plop. Right. What are you guys talking about? We're just trying to make a record for most times placenta has been said in a podcast. They're they're yes ending. (laughs) Okay, that's all they're doing. Right. Welcome to the placenta podcast. (laughs) Okay. So I have to tell you a few things about uh, 121. I know. You've been pining for this all day. Oh, it's a magical number. <clears throat> first of all. It's social and introverted. 11 times 11? Come on. Actually, first of all, it is a star number and and a centered octagonal number. It is a Smith number, since its digits add up to the same value as its factorization. And as a consequence of that, it is also a Friedman number. But 
It cannot be expressed as the sum of any other number plus that number's digits, making 121 a self number as well. So you're going to have to let a Smith know that uh, she missed out on her number. Yeah. Mm. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I could. I already read that to her, and she looked at me dumbfounded, and I thought it was funny, and uh, and she didn't laugh, and neither did any of you. So that's <laughs> that's that. <clears throat> um, speaking to the focus of the energy represented by the number 121, it's centered on preparing for the future. Attention is generally on one project at a time with methodical persistence until its completion. <sighs> yeah, it's also like a you know magic with a K number. Mm-hmm. I know it comes up a lot. It's related to 11. 11's a magical number. Oh, okay. Oh, like um, like Wicca? Yeah. Like Wicca? Yeah, for, for our <laughs> traditional witches out there. Like evil, <laughs> like female evil energy? <clears throat> oh, so this is, a, this is a Menzies number. Like this tainted a... tainted placentas? Yeah, it's a lunar hysterical number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh when you're older, Amanda, are you going to have, like, lady friends that you go on retreats with where you go outside and, you know, howl at the moon? <laughs> howl at the moon? She's during your cycle. Wall. During her cycle. During this. During your cycle. Yeah. No. <clears throat> I, I have a friend who I could see doing that. Like, I could see. Yeah, like crouching over mirrors and complimenting each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I, I, I feel like when I get old, if I want to, if I suddenly want to become one with nature... I can see myself glamping. Obviously not real camping or being outside, but like if you rolled like a really nice trailer out somewhere where there weren't any bugs. Right, like I could just do that. a bunch of ladies watching watching like office reruns in the woods drinking wine. Yes. Yeah. I could do that. I can't see Daniel glamping. No. He's just got to go hardcore like a sleeping bag and <laughs> that would be that would be fascinating. One day in the woods, I just come back with a bunch of ant bites. Like, what do you mean? Well, yeah. that that beard would go well with a nice thick plaid, you know, shirt, dirty hands, camping. Yeah, rub some like broken leaves into it. Yeah, <clears throat> it's there. It's there if you want it. You know. <laughs> and you know what? One twenty one is centered on preparing for the future. So if that's the future, then you need to start preparing now. Yeah. Of all the numbers, one twenty one's got one of the bigger beards. Hmm. Um. So it's it's been a while since our last efforts. And that means that a lot of movies have been left on the cutting room floor here, okay? So Color Out of Space was going to be something I was going to take a look at, but Daniel went and watched it. I went and watched it. I got to be one of the lucky ones. It was an 81 theater release. What? Yeah. 81 theaters. And it was in, it was in one theater in Dallas? It was, uh, Alamo picked it up, but they only had one showing a day late at night. Huh. And what's the feedback on Color Out of Space? Color Out of Space was great. <clears throat> It was such a joy to have some some faith in film uh, reinstilled. Uh, it's also uh, the spark or the beginning of a larger uh, Lovecraft universe that's going to be created and have uh, other films slotted into it. And it just hits all the marks. It's like visually beautiful. Um, I, by the end, I thought that like there, there's such an intense climax at the end that I was for, I thought for certain that some of the older people in the crowd were going to have a seizure. Mm. Um, it's got some. It goes places and takes the story places where you think well that works on paper but not not like on the screen and they go for it and they pull it off and while it's a quality and beautiful film and represents the lovecraft universe so well and captures a lot of that weird interdimensional from space or maybe not from space monster feel uh, you got nick cage in there you know hamming it up doing what he does best and uh he hits all the marks he has dialogue that makes no sense 
he has overemphasized anger that comes out of nowhere. And then he also manages to pull off a few scenes when it's critical where you're like, oh, shit, that's right. Nick Cage can act. So I don't, I don't know. I was happy. I was so happy with it. It's scary. It's brutal. The movie starts off at a level nine and just fucking cranks it from there. It does not stop. It does not have a cold open. It does not go, oh, well, look at this and then crank it back for 30 or 40 minutes before coming back to it again. It just starts high and goes forward and does not let up. Even Tommy Ch- Tommy Chong, even him, who was doing a super cliche role for himself, which is a hippie in the woods, he somehow manages to put a new spin on it and is so genuine. Like every, everything is just so well done. The <laughs> audience was laughing at the beginning uh, as Nick Cage makes his way through some incredibly awkward dialogue. And then by the end, everyone was just plastered to their seats and got halfway through the credits before everyone stood up. Everyone was taking a breather. It was uh, very, very satisfying. Highly recommend it. it. I'm literally going to go buy a 4K television for when it's released. <clears throat> wow. Wow. What a response. So there's more Lovecraft stuff coming. Yeah. Is it's it going to be the he, same director? I think so. I think he kind of put his dick on the table like, I want this universe. Here's my contribution. What do you guys think? And as far as I know, I think both critical and audience responses in the 80s. So hmm. people people liked it as well, even though the release was so awkwardly small. How much Lovecraft is out there? Quite a bit. He's He wrote stories for short stories for maybe 20 years. So there's not a whole lot, but there's there's probably a dozen highly recognizable ones and then maybe 50 in the overall sort of mythos. And there's there's definitely more to come because it's even, it's even set up well. There's like a weather report at the beginning of the movie that shows you like neighboring counties. And those neighboring counties are the names of uh, places where other famous stories take place. So you, they could just easily like side cool this thing. I don't know, for a decade. Huh. Okay. Any, anything else you guys want to talk about? Babe, did you see anything? Um, I've been watching a lot of TV, I guess. Um, did I guess? I haven't seen any movies, have I? I don't know. I don't know. I know you guys watched High Life. Oh, Daniel watched High Life. I went to bed. Oh. Yep. And then just real quick on that was High Life is a movie that what it makes you think about is way cooler than the movie itself. It brings up all these fascinating sci-fi concepts as these um death row inmates are used as like experimental fodder they're all launched out into space to set up shop on the edge of a black hole and try to see if they can reproduce human life in the most extreme deep space conditions and they're traveling at 99 percent light speed because the only way to create artificial gravity on their like very bare bones ship is to be in a constant state of acceleration so it's once they hit 99 percent speed or light speed they're all like crowded around the the windows because apparently the stars streak out and blend together and it starts to look like you're moving backwards even though you're moving forwards and it's very very beautiful it just has this super long annoyingly boring like 30 minute open before the actual movie from the trailer takes place Hmm. the movie that takes place is like very haphazardly cut together because you're flashing between the drama that created the conditions and then fast forwarding to Pattinson raising his daughter alone on this ship and she's a baby and then she's a kid and then she's a teenager and then back to the drama and it's just like if this was re-edited this could be a really great film but it makes it has a lot of cool uh, ideas in it so it's tough to say it's bad but it's tough to also recommend it so I don't know so first first 30 minutes would be like intern's favorite part yes because it's yeah. just Pattinson not saying anything right. and then a, a baby crying for 30 minutes does he masturbate no, Nathan brought he's this. On a, he's on a run of uh, <laughs> jerking off. On yeah, yeah, because he jerks off a lot in movies. Yeah, but, but also they he doesn't. He purposefully doesn't in this movie. Everyone else is because they need their sperm to give to the nurse so that she can inseminate the women over and over again. And he's the only one that refuses because he wants to like keep an edge up on the other criminals. But I remember they when we did it on TPP, there was a lot of uh, talk about fluids. 
that fluids and masturbation were a, a focal point of the film. Yeah, I think what I said last night was uh, it's, it's eerily uh, similar to The Fountain, but a lot more rape and cum. Well, okay. Well, there you go, folks. A review of the of High Life. Like The Fountain, more rape, more cum. Yeah. And before we switch it over to the intern or, or back to yourself, I'll, just, I'll add this in here because I forgot to mention it last time we recorded. Uh, I watched the, uh, I think it was fan kickstarted Leprechaun Return. We watched that together. We watched that together, yeah. And, oh, wait. That's not, and that's not the WWE one, right? This is no, that was Origin. Remember? And that was an utter, utter failure. This one brings it back. It's got a new actor playing Leprechaun. He does great. He's got all the little puns and jokes and, you know, kicking his feet up in the air and doing gigs and, or little jigs little jigs and whatever uh it's got the right feel low budget but weird ass deaths and it is a direct sequel to the first film the main female character is jennifer aniston's daughter not in real life but in the lore of the film interesting and the and it has the that guy returns remember like the the dopey fat painter who's like kind of simple yeah He's in this Leprechaun Returns movie, and he plays like a pivotal role. And just the way they tie it all together to the first movie is really well done. I had a lot of fun with it. Way, way, way better than Origins. Uh, Amanda, do you concur? Yeah, it was actually a pretty good time. I, I-, I won't lie. It was it was fun. Okay. I'm looking at it on IMDb. And uh, the, the Leprechaun makeup looks a little concerning, but okay. I think uh, one thing to note is that... He looks too gross. He looked nicer. He a little gross, but... It's all right. The, the WWE version, it's not very hard to be better than that. Yeah. It's true because they missed the point. They tried to make it like a hardcore horror film where he's like crawling through tunnels and shit and murdering people and it's all scary. No, Leprechaun is ridiculous. Yeah. It's <laughs> always been ridiculous and it was nice to return to that feeling. It's good. All right. What what TV are you referring to, Amanda? Um. So I watched this show on this Netflix show called You. It's got two seasons out. I'm aware of it. Yeah, Daniel watched a good chunk of it. It's not bad. It's a, he's a stalker. It's about a stalker. I watched a couple episodes of it. It's kind of fun to make fun of it while you're watching. Yeah, it's like it's like a a, a lifetime movie, <laughs> but made into a show and Hallmark serial killer. Yeah, but it brings up some interesting situations. It does. Yeah. Like it's not the worst. I mean, it's definitely like a, a decent time killer. Um. What else did I watch? Oh, oh, the girl. The girl, the girl. In, in season two of You. Oh, yes. Her nostrils are constantly flaring. Yeah, Daniel thinks she's really ugly. Oh, monkey ears? That on the chick in the season. Yeah, with the flat hair. And yeah, the, the flat ears. hair, yeah. 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 I didn't see the ears. I saw the, the nostrils. Chelsea pointed out. She was like, her nostrils keep moving. I can't focus. <laughs> and and I was like, no, they're not. And then I looked and, yeah, they're constantly flaring. So she's like Jeremy Renner. She's a nose actor. What? Is his are his nostrils like, flaring all the time? No, well he's a hair actor, and she's oh, a nose okay. actor. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, okay. you know. All right, that's the like body the features part. of like an old man. You know, like old men's faces like fall out of proportion. Hmm. That's kind of like what she's got going. <laughs> right, monkey ears. <sighs> all right, Amanda, go ahead. Um, and then I watched Afterlife, which is uh, Ricky Gervais's mm. Netflix show. It's all right. When did you sneak that in? I just watched it by myself. I do a lot of things by myself. Okay. <laughs> I did not know you watched that at all. <laughs> um, I started watching Cheers. I've watched a lot of Cheers. Where um, everybody knows your name? Yeah. Yeah, what are you like, season eight into that thing right yeah, now? Yeah, it's so bad. Um, oh, we also watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but we've already dished that out privately. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need uh, to do that. How about the show that had you weeping? 
Oh, the good place ended this week. Hmm. The series finale was this week, and I was yeah, I was openly sobbing in the living room. It was beautiful. I, <clears throat> I didn't get past um, I don't know first first few episodes of it. Stopped watching. That that show has like uh, that show goes places that are insane. I've I've never seen a show on television attempt to go to these bizarro high concept sort of religious places, philosophical places that show goes. That's a By cool, the end, it's like insane. They've literally like redone Earth. <laughs> it has a has a really cool premise, and it wasn't. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I just get overloaded with things, you know. Because mm-hmm. back in the day when we were doing, uh, or when I was putting together all those uh, upfront episodes. And we were giving trying our, to watch everything. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to watch everything. Yeah, and I'd, I'd PVR the shit out of everything, and it just became too much. So it'd be fun to return to it, especially now because I think it's isn't it all on Netflix now as well? Yeah. the The season that just ended might not be there yet, but mm. it will be soon, I'm sure. How many did it go? Four, five, four, four or five. five. Four or five. I'll have to look back at our fractions to see. It looked so bad, like when before it started, like the previews for the show. I was like, "This looks really stupid," yeah. and like, "How can this be sustainable?" And it was—I was very, very wrong. It's a very good show. Start I to think. Finish. I think one of our comments was that we wanted it to go to a different. Like, we wanted to see the bad place. We wanted to see other places. Didn't want to just stay in the good place the whole time. Oh, you, you see other places. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's cool. You, yeah, you see many other places and crazy places you didn't even consider. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, that, that really piques my interest then because I really wanted it to go, not not just, you know, stay in uh, happy land where everybody was saying forking oh. instead of fucking. and A fork and shirt. Yeah. 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 Okay. Intern, have you watched anything? Uh, I did. I also didn't for six days in a row, which has never happened before. Whoa. Ho, ho, ho. Um, hey, you refrain. fucking bastards! You refrain from masturbating for sixty. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was uh, a, that was an accidental clip. <laughs> no, uh, no film or television for six days. I didn't even play any music. I pretty much just uh, sat in a in chair. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, I don't know. But I came out of it uh, on the thirtieth. And I watched uh, Six Underground, which <laughs> took a little while. Yeah. It, it took past the opening scene, which lasts a long time, before I was like, fuck it, it's great. <laughs> Whatever. Then I watched uh, Austin Powers in Goldmember. Oh, what? Uh, Russell Peters Deported. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. And then I watched Judy, which I was thinking there's no way... Renee Zellweger has done better acting than Scarlett Johansson, but I see why she's going to win Academy Award for Judy. Did and you I watched... tie your hands behind your back and just let Netflix just recommend whatever it wanted to you? No, uh, this is all on different platforms. Did you guys see how embarrassing Renee Zellweger's acceptance speech was at the Golden Globes? No. No. Yeah, apparently they're oh, much better like, at the SAG. It's like SAG Sally. Awards. It's like Sally Field times times five. I don't know what that Pretty means. Oh, she was like, oh, finally you recognize me. Yeah. I'm not a piece of shit to yeah. you. She went up there and she was just like, I'm, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Haven't seen you guys in a long time. <laughs> Haven't uh, oh, been so around. She's like, but hurt that nobody likes her. Yeah. It's like, now that I'm like sort of years. back, uh, I guess, you know, this is, thank you, I guess, blah. It's like, okay. She's like, were do you famous? guys remember me, myself, and Irene when it was implied that I fucked Jim Carrey with a two-foot dildo? That was right in between Bridget Jones's Diary and The Hours, which she was nominated for both of those. <laughs> the Hours. 
Yeah. Or is it Cold Mountain? Cold Mountain. She was yeah. in ours, yeah. Um, yeah, me, myself, and Irene was right in between those. Look, Nurse Betty is her best movie. <laughs> yeah, period, yeah. That's where it starts and ends for uh, me. I I liked her in uh, Empire Records. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. She <laughs> sings the song on the roof. Yep, her skirt barely covers her ass. And I liked her in Judy. She was good and she was good in it. Uh, here we go. I've got a question. I've got two more to talk about very briefly. Very briefly, one of them. Uh, Nathan, what were your thoughts on Uncut Gems? Uh, Adam Sandler did a great job, but... It's this. It's these Safty brothers, man. They just they want to take somebody and just make you feel anxiety over them just failing and getting fucked. It's about a con artist that just gets constantly building up tension, building up tension. Oh my God, is he gonna make it? Is he gonna get out of this big fucking mess, or am I just gonna have to feel this the weight of this fucking mess the whole time? Never watching that movie again. <laughs> yeah, I uh, wasn't a fan. I think I was a fan of uh, maybe ten minutes. It kind like of the last 10 minutes. Uncut Gems to me felt like I was sitting alone in the dark in a chair for six days and not watching anything or listening to anything or doing anything. Yeah, it was pretty awkward. I was watching it and then, uh, you know, my dad showed up and sat down like halfway through. I'm like, oh, this is not the right movie for you to show up. It's just like them yelling, yelling the whole time. Two hours of yelling. I just don't anyway. know what, what movie he's going to make. Like, it's the same directors that did Good Time Good Time with Robert Pattinson, which I have not seen, but read the synopsis, and it's more of that. It's more of just this uncomfortable thing where this is... like half of that movie, and you've... I couldn't get through it for that reason. I was like, I, I don't want I don't ca- I don't don't want to know. I'm done. I don't mm-hmm. want to feel this way anymore. Yeah, uncomfortable or character in an uncomfortable situation that's trying to slog his way through these odds that are so stacked up against them that the chances are high that they're not going to make it out and honestly these safety brothers i think they get off i think they 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 enjoy yeah watch this character fail for an hour and a half and never succeed you're welcome (laughs) and the color scheme is always going to be very also horrible yeah i don't want to look at it it's visually upsetting yeah what else you got intern uh last thing i watched 1917 Mm -hmm. and i went into this being the last one of all the best picture nominees to watch thinking that there is not going to be a better movie than parasite like i just didn't think it was possible and i think this is the first war film that i sat down and then i stood up and it was over and i was thinking wow i really just watched the shit out of this whole thing it was interested it felt like it was so fast and my mind kept getting blown by weird little technical things that that were happening (laughs) I was thinking something was happening and it wasn't wasn't that with camera work. Um, I really enjoyed 1917. I still like Parasite more, but I'm pretty sure 1917 is going to run away with majority of everything it's been nominated for. I've also seen 1917. And yes, it's an enjoyable technical experience just because it's got such great cinematography and such a fun idea trying to create a long unedited cut, which is edited to look like it's one long unedited cut anyway it's uh yeah no that part of it keeps you tense it does keep you engaged i think that the fact that it's filmed that way it doesn't doesn't allow you to take a break from it or or take a rest so from that perspective it's it's good but it's war it's a war film it's the the content rules the day so if you don't like watching war films then 1917 is definitely a war film so i don't know that you would uh, care to watch it if you didn't want to watch a war movie so no, I don't think uh, I don't think you would. Mm-hmm. Saying that, this is 
I also way better than the last few war films that have come out in recent history. I haven't seen Dunkirk yet. I just uh, yeah, I would prefer that Sam Mendes and 1917 win Oscars over many of the other things. <clears throat> but I'm sure they'll uh, they'll do whatever they do. It's amazing how I used to care so much about the Oscars, and now I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, it's, it's sad. A, it's a pure 180. Like, when you come over to watch the Oscars, I'm going to hate watch it, and I'm going to make bullshit comments the whole time, and it's going to it's gonna ruin it for you. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> so after 1917, did you just go straight home and throw on uh, Austin Powers' gold member? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I listed these in the order that I watched them. 1917, I watched last night. What would you like, a, a pipe and a pancake? <laughs> <laughs> Got in my belly. Okay. Um, I also watched The Lighthouse, Robert oh, Eggers' follow-up. More TV. masturbation for you. Uh, I recommend it. It's very interesting. It's it's cool. I liked it a lot. It deserves more recognition than it's getting. Richard Jewell liked that as well. It's pretty basic, but I liked it anyway. Sam, yeah. Sam Rockwell, my boy. Uh, Ford v. Ferrari, it was okay. If you like cars, then you'd love it. If you don't care about cars, then you're just kind of waiting. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I don't really like cars that much, and I enjoyed it. Does yeah. Bale take his shirt off, though? Do we get mm. some sweet ribcage? No. No. We don't. Mm. I watched Dark Waters. I enjoyed that. I thought it was uh, good. There's no there's no preachiness to it. It's just telling a story, even though it is Dark a... Waters. Yeah, it's about, a true story about uh, DuPont poisoning Oh, water. gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's it's not overly preachy, and it's just uh, it's one of those nice tight like spotlight type movies where the Wait, isn't that just the Aaron Brockovich but with Ruffalo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah, like exactly I like me a, a male Brockovich. I enjoyed it. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't mind Ruffalo. I know he's a piece of shit probably in real life, but I I don't mind him as an actor. I've enjoyed him in a lot of things, including Zodiac and Collateral. No, I like uh, him as Hulk. Yeah, he's good as Hulk. Spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they knew. <laughs> and we let it happen. Okay. Um, it could have been any of us. Could have been any. Of us. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that good, eh? It was that good. Wow. Interesting idea. Because she's supposed she's human, but she's got augment augmentation mm-hmm. inside of her, which makes her cooler. So that was a cool idea. But yeah, the minute they start to become, you know, pseudo immigrants crossing the Mexican border and stuff, it's like okay. <clears throat> Okay. Here comes the lecture. Political fast, eh? <laughs> it did actually. There's there's more preachiness in Terminator Dark Fate than there is in Dark Waters. Wow, <laughs> that's yeah. uh, astonishing. That's a feat, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I think um, we should probably move right along to. Well, what do you guys want? You want you want some grab bag or do you want some Q and A? Well, how do you want to work this? Hmm. Grab bag. Yeah. Grab bag. Okay. Let's see what I got here. <clears throat> <laughs> really wrestling the women this time. We got okay. a live one. <laughs> All right. There's a few things on here. We got, um, oh, sounds like the co writer of Bad Boys for Life is trying to get National Treasure 3 back in action. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Oh, what's oh, Blumhouse is developing a new version of The Thing. That's for Daniel. Okay. Well, is it going to be an actual new version of The Thing, or is it going to be like last time where they marketed it like it was a new version of The Thing, but it was a prequel? Well, I don't know. It, so maybe this will be the prequel? 
So this grab bag is like literally just as little information as possible. I want to see the lodge. Oh yeah. We got to talk about that. Yeah. That was one of the trailers that that popped up during the Colorado space viewing. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see it come back in. Oh, also, the, also Potter? the, uh, also the fulcrum of one twenty one. Oh, well I've already, then we don't even need to watch it. I've already said I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just cut that part. All right. It's official. Uh, what do we got here okay yeah this is the producer talking he's saying uh, a remake of the thing but but with additional chapters of john campbell's groundbreaking novel frozen hell that had been lost for decades now for the first time ever campbell's full vision will be realized on the big screen oh it's it's new and improved version oh, of is uh, kurt russell reprising his role uh there's no information there <clears throat> i'm sorry sorry to disappoint you I don't know. I just, I got to have Kurt Russell pouring his whiskey into a computer's uh, hardware and calling it a bitch, a cheating bitch. Uh, this one's for Amanda. Emilio Estevez um, is, Emilio. has signed on for a Disney Plus TV series about the Mighty Ducks. Thank God. Oh, yeah. Did we ever finish the trilogy? <laughs> no. Do we really wa- I feel like I watched two of them. I feel like I got like halfway to two. You need to only watch the first one. That's enough. If you just go back and watch the first one, it is it's real bad. far more atrocious than I remember. The Mario line? <laughs> yeah. So bad. Emilio looks like he is hating every second of it. But if it went an inch the other way, you would have missed completely. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I love this film. As an adult, I watch it. I'm like, Emilio, are you are you even present? <laughs> Say your lines, goddammit. Hmm. It's safe to take it on the ice. I don't think the flying V would work in real life. Yeah, but you just have to like, you know, flip the puck up vertically. Plus crank back for a super slap. (laughs) Well, plus in D2, um, D2, the Mighty Ducks sequel, Mm -hmm. they used inappropriate items on the ice. One of them was a cowboy and used a lasso. Yeah. Otherwise known as a lasso. A la- oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Lasso. Uh, yes, you're like, what? <laughs> didn't Alex Ovechkin do that in uh, in an all-star game? I don't know. It's been so long since he attended one. I don't know. Yeah. Can you have so... spurs on your ice skates? Mm-hmm. Also, isn't it, isn't it in D2 the same thing as like with Karate Kid 2, where like they go for the flying V and the other team just destroys it, and you're like, oh, it's not going to work this movie. Yeah, no more crane kick. Yeah. Well, D2, they they do international play. And they end up in the final against Iceland. <laughs> yeah, the evil Icelanders are always in black. Because, you, you know, Iceland has always had competitive hockey teams. <laughs> First right. season play hockey. Okay. Oh. Uh, what do we got? Oh, this one's for me. This is uh, this is Pizzolatto. Nick Pizzolatto is moving to FX with a brand new deal. And he's reuniting with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, boy. But it's not true detective no it's gonna be called redeemer beach bum the series oh god no but yeah mcconaughey yeah tell me when was last time mcconaughey did something good i don't know he's in Uh, a second slump detective season one yeah yeah it's like he oh wait or dallas buyers club and and true detective right and then the big reconnaissance and he's just made nothing but shit since then. yeah he's back in a slump he's got the second reconnaissance he's really pushing his luck yeah that beach bum was the one of the worst things i've ever seen oh that's too bad I love that you're watching all this shit, though. <laughs> you're the only one holding this show accountable. So what is McConaughey even doing? He, like, during the football season, he's running some sort of film class at U- University of Texas. Oh, good for him. And then after, after that, he, he goes off and does 
projects after that? Then he just makes his whiskey, his wild oh, yeah. cock or whatever. <laughs> Wait, isn't he in this the gentleman that you were all excited about? Oh, <laughs> Amanda's just here leaking everything that she can about the lineup tonight. I can't believe it. Um, yes, our headliner tonight, even though it's already released, is The Gentleman. Because I'm sure Daniel and Intern can both speak to this. This podcast was born of a lot of a lot of concepts surrounding the around gentlemen. That's I mean, we are gentlemen. We act like gentlemen towards each other. That was the original slogan. It was a podcast yeah. for gentlemen by gentlemen. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true. I'm very excited about tonight, actually. The the gentleman is a nice uh, apex. Is that the right word? <sighs> no, I feel like McConaughey just like tells his agent, like, is there anything out there with AIDS? Can we do the AIDS thing again? <laughs> what can I do where it's okay that I have this ridiculous Texas accent because I can't change it? Right. Line up four or five uh, atrocious romantic comedies. Yeah, I whistle every third or fourth word. <whistles> he does. He has this, like, breathy whistle. Mm-hmm. True Detective, it's really... Like, it works for that character. It's like the only character work. <clears throat> what else do we got here? We got Adam Sandler signing a $275 million deal with Netflix to do four more movies. <laughs> Man. How much did he get for the last six? I don't know. But a he's, lot. But he's crushing it. He's mm-hmm. crushing it. He's the first guy to, like, sign these deals with Netflix exclusively, and he's just rolling in it. And he has to do whatever the fuck he wants. And he's going to have, like, like, 1% of Netflix originals is going to be Adam Sandler. <laughs> Yeah, it's Adam Sandler and Dave Chappelle, eh? Wow. Chappelle's just going to keep doing his stand-up and... Is he married? Gonna... Who? Adam Sandler. Does he have any children? Like, where is all he this He does have like, kids. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Still, like, at some point, it's just, like, not even remotely real, right? The, the money that you have. Right. It's just, like, Monopoly joke. I just walk into places and they give me everything and I leave. What? He can't hang out with the billionaires. Did you think in the early 90s watching Sandler do that like singing opera man does the news headlines bit on SNL was going to become a billionaire media mogul? Absolutely not. Adam Sandler is such an interesting thing to me because he's made so much garbage but at the same time he makes these movies like Uncut Gems and what is it? Uh, Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love and... Uh, that Rain Over Me. movie about comedians. Yeah, Jack and Jill. No, no, no. I'm talking about his dramas. And I was reading an interview with him and he's just, you know, they're like, how come you're so good at dramas and you always do these comedies? And he was like, well, it's just a job. I, I show up and I read what's on the... I say what's on the paper and I do what's required for the scene. And that's that's my job as an actor. Just so simply put, you know? Yeah, it's like a, like said a if British actor. He does it. Chris Pratt said something similar on Ellen one time. Well, it's it, that's true. And sometimes we glorify these things more than they need to be. But I don't think he understood the question. I think the question was really like, okay, where did little Nikki come from? <laughs> yeah. I'm saying when you're so good at shit, why is there so much garbage? Yeah. But no, we get it. Yeah, you're a working actor. You're going to do whatever. We, 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 we get it. Go look at any British actor's dis- you know, filmography. It's like 800 films and uh, 760 of them are garbage. <laughs> yeah. And why why did people like Billy Madison when it came out? And why are there people that still like Billy Madison? I don't know. Gil- go Happy Gilmore is the one. Watch that, that shit again. Go to. Feel bad shit about yourself. <clears throat> yeah, Happy Gilmore actually aged well. You can still watch Happy Gilmore and it's still funny. I don't know. Yeah. I, see, I see shit like Uncut Gems and I'm like, dude, you could just... You could explore different characters and do different things and you would do well. So, Or you can take $275 million and get your buddies together and just joke around and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. 
that's the right thing to do. There you go. Whatever he wants. I really can't. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. And what else do we got here? Oh, I saw a wonderful John Wick observation. I was reading on Reddit and this one guy made a great point. He said that the main bad guy in John Wick is the only action movie villain that, I mean, this this person that submitted the comment, and I, I agree that I can't think of any other villain that did this either. He's the only action movie villain that doesn't underestimate the hero, is fully aware of their abilities, has no ill will towards them, and knows that going up against them will almost certainly result in their own demise. Yeah. Do you mean the villain in part three specifically? or No, the villain in part one. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Literally shacks up like, you fucking idiot. Oh, no. You man can't get us. Yeah. I just, I never really thought about it that way. But he's right. It's like, yeah, he's the only action movie villain that just totally gives over completely in all of his scenes. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. And I got this one more thing here about a movie coming out, a Christmas dark comedy. have to do a shout out here to Mel Gibson. Only Mel knows Mel. Um He's going to make a... Guys, this is big. Okay, this is this has a chance to be great. Will it be? I have no idea. But he's going to make a dark comedy about Christmas. Mel Gibson is playing Santa Claus. It's about a 12-year-old boy who receives a lump of coal for Christmas and hires a hitman to kill <laughs> Santa Claus. And the, and the hitman is going to be Walton Goggins. <laughs> okay, yeah, there is potential here. Yeah. Yeah. There's potential. Now imagine if it was like, you know, Mel Gibson and only Mel knows Mel is like, has like John Wickian choreography with this hitman. Like it's just Santa like kicking major ass. <laughs> I love that Goggins is in it though. Oh, what's, oh, I've just been, just, just been handed a ransom note. Oh, wow. It says, uh, Daniel, your, your family will be kidnapped by evil Hollywood elites and they are going to force you to make a movie to secure their release. Oh, you're, the guidelines? You're being forced to choose one of the following scripts from the blacklist, and if you refuse, you will never see your family again. I refuse. <laughs> Amanda and Daphne will make it. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, Go ahead. The first, uh, there's a choice between two. One, one is called Say Something Nice. The synopsis reads, after she catches her boyfriend cheating, Liv goes on a social media tirade that lands her in court for slander, and the judge forces her to make amends by composing one positive comment for every negative comment she posted while under the supervision of a reclusive mediator also on the rebound from a failed relationship. It's inspired by true events. (laughs) God, that sounds tedious. (laughs) The second one here, uh, second one's called Baron Colon, a tale of love, loss, and legacy. Oh, I did not not hear that correctly. (laughs) What what did you hear? Oh, like a Baron Colon, like, (laughs) you know, after a dark turn to the proctology exam. (laughs) No, it's Baron. Uh, Fearing the devastating impact that his father's presidency would have on his personal life, his country, and the world at large, 10-year-old Baron Trump sets out to sabotage his father's 2016 campaign. Oh, my God. Why? Is he like a time traveler? I don't know. But these are, these are real blacklist uh, screenplays. Real scripts. Yeah. Oh, man. you got to combine the two. <laughs> like you know the judge is like okay well now you got to go back and say a bunch of nice things about your father <laughs> which one would you pick if you had a gun to your head and they were going to kill your family 
Oh God, I, th- I think I'd have to choose the second one, <laughs> just because like even though that they're both sound sound torturous, that first one I can't. <laughs> yeah, you probably you probably managed to throw in some stuff with the Baron one to make almost like a parody of itself. You could make him look like a. Yeah, I might be able to like even it out a little bit. Yeah, to yeah, make it yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. <clears throat> oh, oh, and there's another thing in here. Oh, oh this is it. Oh, wow. Ooh. Deep in the bag. This is a collaborative effort. This is this is for Amanda and intern. You have to collectively agree which screenplay you would make together. And if all you right, all right. if you don't agree on the same one, it says that the intern is going to have to move to Dallas and live in your house for the foreseeable future. And I'll have to feed him like a baby. Just like a baby. Okay, carry on. <laughs> I, I mean, were... can he be like our house slave? Because I'm not like opposed to it. Well, from uh, Harry Potter 2? Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to pick something I thought you didn't want. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, we don't have to collaborate. Intern, get on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> See you in a few hours. We now own <laughs> the intern. This is exciting. All right. One, one of the three, you have to both collaborate. You have to both agree on the one that you want to make together, okay? All right, so the first one is called This House is Not for Sale. So with one last chance at a promotion, a down-on-her-luck real estate agent returns to her rural hometown to sell the impossible, a haunted house where countless couples have been murdered. As the bodies of new residents continue to pile up, our real estate agent will stop at nothing to rid the house of evil, no matter what the cost. That could be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could make that work. Number two, the process. Trapped at a three-day personal development retreat, a woman fights to save her husband and herself from being brainwashed by a charismatic self-help guru. And number three, the repossession. 20 years after a failed exorcism, a meek young woman becomes unlikely friends with the foul-mouthed demon that possessed her as a child. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, I think that one sounds the best also. Three. That's a good, good time. Yeah, like dark drop-dead Fred. Yeah. yeah. Right? It would be so dark, though. Honestly, though, Antern and I could make all of these movies. We could make none of these movies. He could start doing my laundry. The possibilities are endless. This is all true facts. <laughs> With that first movie, though, it could be a really good comedy. Like a realtor, like, literally, like, having to kick, like, a foot into the closet as she's showing the house to someone. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna yeah, you're gonna need several scenes of people coming to see the house and the possession or hauntedness just getting in her way to the point where she gets so frustrated that she has to get rid of it. I feel like it would be great to have like you'd be showing the house and then someone will have died while she, while she's showing the house and then she's gotta try to cover it up. Oh yeah. Like yeah. You do notice there's that lots of opportunities. The majority of these have female protagonists. <clears throat> Yeah, as, you know, more movies should. Well, that's certainly the trend. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into the lineup tonight, um, I just want to throw out the five Rotten Tomato percentages of these movies. And as we go through, uh, perhaps one or all of you could um, pontificate over what rating belongs to which movie. Okay. So we have a we have a 64% in there. We have a 79%. We have a 95, mm. a 73, and a 46. So, mm-hmm. so 64, 79, 95, 
Okay. Okay. I'm going to try to play oh, something. You're just making a list of them. I thought you were like literally plugging them into Rotten Tomatoes, seeing the newer ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to play something to get us a little loose, get us a little jacked up. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got the winners. All right. I give you Tommy Ross and Carrie White. Yeah! Trailer number one tonight. Headliner, The Gentleman, just like us, guys. Show number one, The Gentleman. Here we Go. I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. Oh, please. No. I said play a game with me, Raymond. Right. Lovely. I want you to imagine a character. Your boss, Mickey Pearson. You're too smart to be blackmailing us, Fletcher. Yeah. Sweet Mary Jane is my vice. Your poison, on the other hand is and always has been the destroyer of worlds. You're out of touch, and I would like you to consider an offer. I am not for sale. The plot begins to thicken. Now, I can't be specific about the heroes and zeros, but our protagonist is a hungry animal. There is a lot of money hanging in the balance. Our antagonist explodes on the scene like a millennial firework. And has indirectly started a war. I think you need to see this, boss. That's the one of my firearms. How do they find it? I'm making inquiries. His name is Fahok. It was spelled with a PH, so it sounds like Fahok. Please! Harry Fahok, Kanda Fahok. Please! If you smell smoke, it's because there's a fire. So you're gonna have to stamp that out quickly. These people are gonna clean house, and you are part of that house. In the jungle, the only way a lion survives, not by acting like a king, by being the king. Oh. Brilliant! really warming up now, isn't it? There's only one rule in this jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. Over associates had an accident. So you killed someone? No, it was the gravity that killed him. Do you need those phones? Aiden. 
lead us off. Worried or excited? Okay, so like I said, this is a tribute movie. We are gentlemen. This movie is called The Gentleman. Obviously, I'm going to be excited about it. However, I want to point out the fatal flaws that are possibly under the surface in my excitement. A. McConaughey. We mentioned it earlier. Everything he's made has been dog shit for quite some time. Two. Or B. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like any of the people in this movie, aside from McConaughey. (laughs) I mean... He's your biggest concern. I mean, uh, like, I don't... I've never really liked Colin Farrell that much, although he endeared himself a little bit during the... uh, true detective season uh hugh grant i have a soft spot for his love actually scene specifically his uh his dancing that he was doing but he hated doing that scene in love actually so fuck you hugh and um who else was in this oh charlie hunnam that guy can go fuck himself i don't like him at all so and guy Ritchie, what was the last thing he did that was good i mean king Uh, arthur um, king arthur was terrible aladdin well there you go probably yeah man from uncle right so the last couple movies he's made have been weak so there's a lot of reasons. If you want reasons to be worried, there's some. However, I'm a gentleman. It's called the gentleman. There's a kin- there's a connection there. I can't ignore that. Obviously, I'm a- right. And then, as a true gentleman, out the host has uh, said his piece. We'll pass this off to the, to the lady of the room, um, Amanda. Yes. Worried or excited? Um, I'm excited because I like everyone in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like Henry Golding a lot, um, and I like Charlie Hunnam just fine and everybody else and it looks fun i i really have such low expectations of it that i think it'll probably satisfy me when i rent it at some point that's like the theme of our whole marriage yeah that is sort of our relationship to a t yeah okay oh that's it just yeah basically exciting yeah i'm excited okay but but then you turn me into like introspection on our relationship oh and you just got real sullen (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, as a gentleman, I think yeah, it, it might be warranted that I have to give this an automatic uh, excited. Um, I will say this though that I I've I found joy in seeing uh, Hugh Grant and Colin Farrell in these like older gentleman roles. Like they both look like they've aged up a little bit. Like they're kind of in their grandpappy roles now. And uh, something about that uh, I I like. I think that that specifically is what is what drew me in. The rest of the actors I didn't really recognize. A lot of facial hair going on. Um, yeah, I hope. Guy Ritchie can pull off, if not a good movie all the time, he can usually cram in a, a handful of scenes or set pieces that are that, that are pretty funny or memorable. So I'll give it the benefit of the doubt as a gentleman and go excited. Intern? Uh, as a gentle boy, <laughs> aren't you the- I would like... <laughs> that might be true. No, uh, I believe I'm in the middle. Anyway, uh, there are problems. Saying that, Colin Farrell is not a problem. He was great in the two Yergos Lanthimos movies. He was great in season two of True Detective. Mm-hmm. He was he looks very like entertaining you. and in Bruges. He looks like you in this movie? Sure. He looks like me in this movie, which means he looks like Daniel in this movie. Right. Because <laughs> that's generic about. white guy now. Fuck off. Um, I meant the fedora. Oh, oh okay. He's, he's, wearing, he's having similar style. Right. Yeah, fuck. Hugh Grant. I don't recall liking him in a movie ever. I like Charlie Hunnam just Nine fine. months? Hello. He's okay. What, what, what? Can I just stop for a second? What has Charlie Hunnam done to deserve this positive? I liked the uh, the one you didn't like, The Lost City of Z. Okay, I haven't, I haven't seen Green Street Hooligans, so maybe I... Called? 
I maybe I it. need to watch it. <clears throat> Sons of Anarchy, he was melodramatic and, rid- and redonkulous. Ah, TV show. It worked. Whatever. It worked for the show, for sure. But then, yeah, Lost City of Z, it was, um, yeah, it was okay. I think he's fine as a secondary. Yeah, non- he might. Yeah, he might be better as like a, a just a supporting character instead of trying to lead a movie. That's fair. But yeah. Okay. I like Daniel's comments too about them being in older roles. I like that. Fine. Fine. Saying this also, there is a major problem with uh, Guy Ritchie and the fact that he made two of the movies that I enjoyed more than two first movies that a director has made, possibly up until the point that point in time for me, and it's all been pretty downhill from there with the exception of the man from uncle you're referring to lock stock and two smoking barrels and snatch yeah snatch is still probably one of my favorite films what about sherlock holmes yeah there's a lot of recent hatred oh yeah the homes were good but sherlock holmes the second one was not good the first one was really good but you could do anyone could make a sherlock holmes thing and i would like it because i like sherlock holmes and it doesn't really matter what version it is I appear to like it. Anyway, I am going to ruin this gentleman's club and say I'm worried mm, because right. you guys don't treat me like a gentleman, so I won't be one. You know what? That's <laughs> that's that's fitting. Yeah, a spiteful worried. Yeah, it's more of a Richie worried. Okay, well, trailer number two tonight is coming to us from uh, Elijah Wood, and it is called "Come to Daddy." Oh yeah. Come to daddy. <laughs> what I was waiting for. Here we go. Yeah. It's me. Norm. I got your letter. I never thought I'd see you again. A long time. A long time, yeah. I realize I know nothing about you. Boy, your mom really doesn't talk about me, does she? Oh, really? (laughs) Mom, hey, it's Dad. He's, He's not how I imagined him. Why did you ask me to come here? I don't want to discuss it. I need to know why you sent that letter. I gotta take a crap. I know what's happening. You got no idea what's happening here. Ever been in a fight? I once kicked the guy's ear off. I got this theory. Bad guys have eyes that look like razors. <laughs> you have to kill him? I'm not a murderer. You just killed somebody by a minute. 
Who knows? Maybe we'll end up being best friends. Come here! Come to daddy! Amanda? Worried or excited? I don't know why I have to do this one first. I'm so like confused and interested. Well, let's walk through it. But very nervous. I feel nervous. Is that an option? Worried, excited, nervous? <laughs> one one hour, 33 minutes. Perfect time link. In- inspired um, by movies such as Sexy Beast, uh, Straw Dogs. Okay. Um, well, okay. My, my biggest concern right now is Elijah Wood's hair. <laughs> Which, I don't know which, how I can look sure. at it for that long. <laughs> On his lip or his head? Both. Oh. <laughs> the, it, the, the Lloyd Christmas look? Everything that's going on with his face and head is terrible. <laughs> um, but the dad seems so bizarro that it's super funny. Um, I want to know what happens, so I guess I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. uh, Maybe yeah. this will help. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, uh, this trailer in particular, because we don't talk about the trailers themselves in their format or you know how they're structured as much as we used to. But this trailer is a ride because this starts off as like this weird like redneck folksy you know coming of age story or like come back to meet your papa that you haven't seen in forever, and then Im- almost immediately takes this deep dark turn towards this fucked up murderous landscape and because the trailer is so well put together i don't feel like even though it seems like they're revealing the whole movie throughout the trailer i don't, don't think that they are no i don't think so so i think the fact that elijah would murder somebody is just just the, just the beginning right. right exactly and yeah he's got that weird redneck nerd haircut uh there's just everything about this trailer is is creepy and interesting and inviting and i just know Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe, because the both of them have major franchise fuck you money, they've had really a good eye for picking interesting shit. Always, not always the best, but they've been really picking interesting stuff. And so I really trust Elijah Wood and I am excited for this movie because I love every part of this trailer. I would add Shia LaBeouf to the club to the fuck you money club oh from transformers well it's not even fuck you money if you look at i look i saw that one of those i I saw a comment about that and i was like well does he have fuck you money or is he just a guy that is making interesting decisions with his career so i looked up the net worth of elijah wood and compared to everyone else all the other stars in the lineup tonight he is on the lower end of net worth so elijah wood is yeah so really? I, I think he's just making interesting decisions. Like Daniel Radcliffe has way more money than Elijah Wood does. But but those three movies made so much money. Yeah, but his deal was probably signed in advance. And, you know, I think with Harry Potter, I think Radcliffe only signed for... Yeah, they only signed him for... They didn't sign them all at once. Yeah. So he got he got a new backdoor deal probably halfway through or something. Radcliffe's net worth is estimated to be a hundred and ten million dollars. Yeah, and Elijah Wood is thirty. Yeah. So I don't know. That's shocking. Yeah, it is. But I I just think I mean it it just adds more to me. Like you don't need it just says that he doesn't even need fuck you money to make decisions that are interesting. Right. I just think they're all making like put them in the interesting decision club. Elijah Wood, Radcliffe, and LaBeouf, for me, are all, like, choosing to do interesting things with their careers. And it's fun to see. I like, uh, I'm going to just kind of jump on board here and say there are a lot of interesting things about this trailer that I was surprised about. Daniel recommended it for the lineup, and I looked at it, and the poster scared me. (laughs) But But then I watched the trailer, and yeah, like, just... The way he just flings that meat 
onto the frying pan, and then he turns back with that sinister smile. I find myself uh, chuckling. He's like, who is this guy? Who's, who's My mom never talked about my dad. Who are you? And yeah, I bet you it just starts to unravel like a, like a crazy shit show, and God knows where it goes or what it does, but it looks fascinating, and I'm on board. I'm excited. In turn- it seems to imply, too, that he like while Elijah's swimming or something, that he throws some sort of sea predator in the water. Like, you see that part? <laughs> yeah, just fucking with, or something? Just just really fucking with him. Yeah, yeah. I he thought says, it was like a big rock. He says he, he, almost, he kicked off, a, he kicked a guy's ear off. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, uh, this looks fantastic. <laughs> I just, you know, even the title, I'm, uh, I'm on board before I even saw the trailer and uh yeah do you think that this is some kind of ode to uh, hellraiser yeah come to daddy uh this looks so good for all the reasons that everyone talked about i am infinitely excited to watch this as opposed to the headliner okay yeah still going out of your way to shit on things i guess there's really interesting there's only there's only one thing left to say then. What's and that? Exactly. Okay. So the fulcrum tonight mentioned earlier is, yes, I think it was at Sundance last year, not this year's Sundance, but the year last year, and it is just getting released now. It is called The Lodge. The Lodge. Here we go. How would you feel about going to the mountains for Christmas? Grace really wants to get to know you guys. I don't want to leave you here with the kids if you're not feeling up to it. I'm feeling fine. I can do a couple days. That's crazy. Everyone committed suicide except for her. She's right now. I heard something. What is this? We're leaving. We can't leave. Please me. We're stuck here. All right, Daniel, you worried or excited about The Lodge? Usually I have to sort of talk my way through these fulcrum trailers a little bit to figure out where I stand. But I think this one, I remember seeing 
a trailer for it, like you said, last year when it was working its way through Sundance. And I think I literally just asked about it recently. Like, whatever happened to this movie? I was waiting for it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I've never seen this trailer before, and it sort of cl- clears up a, a couple of things that I was curious about from the original trailer, which was the original trailer kind of made it seem like what part of this situation is the scary part? Is it the kids? Is it is it the stepmother? Is it the house itself? Is it the father? But this one seems to imply that we can sort of cut the father and the kids out. And it's definitely her or maybe this returning cult or both, or maybe there's something about them being isolated. It's got a great isolation uh, component to it of them being trapped in this cabin out during this blizzard and they literally can't go anywhere. And it just, just everything about it seems super intense. It's a little overload on the quote persuasion, a little bit. I'm always, you know, a little bit concerned whenever they're like, genre bending, reforms horror, you know? And you're like, yeah, okay, I've heard that before. But uh, it, it, it stands up. I actually, that was pretty cool watching her like do that repentant kneeling on the hot irons. That's super intense. And religion and cults and stuff always usually tend to add a, uh, an amplification factor to horror that it needs sometimes. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm excited. I want to see this and I, and I really hope that, you know, at least half of those quotes are legitimate. Excited. Amanda. Same. Yeah. I remember seeing, we've, yeah, a long time that this movie has been percolating around in my like, you know, awareness. I swear. I swear. I swear. I saw a trailer for this before I was even pregnant, <laughs> but you know, maybe not, but still, um, glad to see that it's finally coming out and that i didn't just imagine this movie altogether this trailer does look better than the other trailers that i've seen in just in the you know getting more of a vibe of what the movie's actually about um and yeah i'm hopeful i've been disappointed by so many you know art house highbrow horror movies the last couple of years midsummer maybe this one will be good excited what say you turn I say if this is half as good as Midsummer, I will enjoy it <laughs> immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a little confused, though, because it doesn't seem like it seems like they're building up a lot for something horrifying to happen. But this could be if you put the right music behind it, just like that parody trailer for The Shining, where it could be like a family getaway comedy. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really hope that, uh, yeah, some of those quotes, which that genre genre bending quote was uh, the one that caught me also, which gave my my hackles a little shake being like, oh, come on. We've 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 seen this before. At some point, they're either going to do it well or they're not going to do it well. And if they do it well, that's great. And if they don't, that's also great. But it's not genre bending. I, like I don't believe that this will be genre bending. Saying that, it seems like it's going at a nice slow pace, so I'm excited. Does it actually say genre bending, or does it say game changer? Yeah, I sort the of same thing. Some generics. Okay, because I want to say that I've had a bit of an epiphany, and maybe this is just something that everyone has thought about, and it's not an epiphany at all. But for these horror trailers that have all these uh, quoting persuasion going on in them. I've decided that this quoting persuasion isn't intended for horror loving people. It's intended for people like me that wouldn't mm. that wouldn't necessarily watch a horror movie, but because it's establishing itself as such a, you know, possible game-changing event that it might bring people to the table that wouldn't normally watch a horror movie because I think with a movie like this, I think they they know they already have all the people that want to watch a horror movie already. They've already got them in the bag. So I think maybe the quoting persuasion is more designed to lure other people. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this theory. Yeah. That being said, I didn't even know what she was doing in that scene until you said she was on hot coals or hot irons. But but cult stuff is very appealing to me. Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, I really enjoyed. I don't think anybody else did, but I did. And I just I find the cult stuff very creepy and very interesting. I remember watching that Waco TV series too. I just find cult stuff to be fascinating. And I think there could be something here with, yeah, like all of the other people that died are maybe following her around. Right. Paranormally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. So like all the baggage she has from being the sole survivor is maybe tied up with, you know, the cult and all the people that died. And there could be some sort of other thing going on here that's going to rear its head when you actually watch it. So I want to find out. I'm excited. You just made me groan. Really? Yeah. If it turns out to be ghosts, I'm going to be really disappointed. I don't think it'll be ghosts. <clears throat> I, I hope not. Like- I think it'll be her guilt will like trip her into being like bring back all the cult stuff when she was a kid or she's not the only survivor. Yeah. yeah see, that's, that's nice. That, that would be good. Or we think she's not the only survivor until the end. They realize that it was it's a ghost. It was a ghost. Or, she, was the cult, she was the child cult leader. Or it was her psychosis that made her think she was seeing people that were from the cult that are actually dead. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, okay, shake it off. Okay, trailer four is from this year's Sundance, and it is a comedy starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell. It is called Downhill. Hill. Here we go. Wunderbar. Oh, thank you. The hand in the hood. Arms up like this. Huh? Happy family. Please look into the camera. Please just smile. He wants poles up again. He wants us to keep doing poles up. I don't know. Just been through a lot lately. My dad passed away eight months ago. So we came here. You lose a parent and the ticking gets louder. Every day is all we have. We have, yep. (sighs) Powerful. Maybe we ski the beast after lunch. I don't think it'll be that challenging. It'll be fine. Is that okay? Yeah, it's it's fine. It looked like it was going to kill us. For a and moment. the kids were screaming because it felt like we were going to die. Pete? Wow. And I look over at Pete, and he had grabbed his phone. Pete left us. I didn't leave you to be buried. I'm going to win. I ran to get help. Yes, I'm going to win. That's not what happened. I choose to survive. I love my family. Every day is all we have. How could I run away in ski boots? What? Can you run in ski boots? Not very well. Boom. Exactly. Regardless, I wouldn't leave my family to die. That's boom. Yes, I am you have a right to be angry. It's black and white. Well, no, it's black and white. How old are you? 30. Oh. There's only one thing I have to worry about right now, and that's going down. 
understand why there weren't any warnings posted anywhere. There was a warning. What? Posted at lifts, gondolas, hotel receptions, restaurants, shops, bars, soda machines, toilets. We didn't see any of that. Well. Intern, worried or excited? Well, you know what they say about comedies? They're supposed to be funny. <laughs> I guess I guess you'll say that, yeah. That's what I always say. That's my contribution. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. This looks like trash. <laughs> you know what the best part of that was? Was that last scene when he's saying where all the signage was. And it made me think, what happens if you don't speak any English or read any English and you're on vacation at this place? They got to they gotta come up with a better way to, to let people know that they're going to blow up the mountain. Um, that's my concern. That's how much into this I was. I was. Um, thank you for letting me go first and bring you all down the hill now. If uh, anyone else wants to take this and go uphill with this comedy, please uh, take it away. Uh, Nathan, I'll pass it to you. <laughs> Um, well, I kind of enjoyed some parts in the trailer. I'm worried about it. I don't think it's going to be uh, that good of a movie, but I enjoyed uh, her saying, that's boom. Yeah. You don't uh, grab your cell phone and abandon your family as the avalanche is coming towards them. There could be some fun here. I enjoy watching relationships deteriorate in terrible ways. I think that that can be entertaining to the right person. You guys don't like that? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't need to watch my life on film, Nathan. Oh, I don't know. It's true. I, when I first watched these, you know, and this happens when I look back at other lineups too, where I'm just like, wow, fuck, that was a mistake. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe downhill is a bit of a mistake being in this lineup. I could have done something else. Maybe I should have, but I wanted to, I want a different blend. I didn't want to go too much horror. I didn't want to throw fantasy Island in here just because, right? No, it's good to have a variety. Yeah. It's fine. But now there's nothing wrong with uh, the selection, Nathan. I'm thinking back at some of Will Ferrell's movies that are similar to this, where he tries to do these, you know, Sundance type film festival movies like Stranger Than Fiction, where you're just, oh, okay, what do you got, Will? And then you're like, yeah, everything (laughs) go, yeah, just garbage. So yeah, it's probably garbage. I'll just tell you guys, it's the 46 percent one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm worried, Amanda. Yeah. Um. If for what Nathan just said, it's Will Ferrell when he tries to do something that's like almost serious or sort of serious, it never goes well. And people that want to see Will Ferrell, unfortunately, they don't want him to do that either. They only want him to be his funny, ridiculous self. Um, like Anchorman? So, like yeah. Ricky Bobby? Yeah, just any sort of off-the-wall character silliness. That's what people want from him. And when he tries to be serious, it, it it's just uncomfortable. That's... That's why he's worth $100 million. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be, it's neither going to be funny enough nor heartfelt enough to be anything but a zero. Mm. So that's a, that's a worried. That's a hard worry. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about our rating system. Yeah. It's been a while. That's a, that's a fun point though with the net worth conversation is that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is by far the, has the highest net worth of anyone in this lineup. Oh, she's got two TV shows in syndication. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's rolling it. Plus, her family, I think, is, you know, elitist. Already mega rich, yeah. Elitist Illuminati or something. Go ahead, Daniel. Um, Yeah, (laughs) everything that uh, I would say, I think it's already been said. In fact, Nathan, you hit it right on on the mark, which is that, you know, there's a handful of these in-between sort of dark-ish 
comedies that Will Ferrell's in that never seem to do that well. I think Stranger with Fiction was actually probably the most interesting of those that he's done because that everything must go was oof, that was a uh, that was a chore. Slog, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that said, I I think it's possible for Will Ferrell to succeed in one of these movies, but I don't think that he can be the headliner. I think he needs to be like mm-hmm. a hitman's assistant or something, <laughs> you know, like one of those sort of like situations. I think that might work. Yeah. Um, but I do like the concept of this movie, but it just doesn't really grab me at all. And uh, the best part of it is, like Intern said, the part where what's his name from Game of Thrones? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the redhead. Yeah. yeah. Where he's talking about oh, how there are signs literally everywhere announcing these avalanche explosions. Um, which is too bad, you know. Hey, now, now watch this come out, and uh, and we and we all love it. But no, I'm I'm also worried. That's four worries. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I think Nathan mm-hmm. hit it right on the mark uh, that this was a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, final trailer tonight. Five hole. Uh, it's it's funny that you brought up Daniel Radcliffe because this one's got Radcliffe in it, and this one's called Guns Akimbo. We're not doing Birds of Prey. I'm amazed. No, fuck Birds of Prey. Guns Akimbo. Here we go. Hey, I'm Miles. Watch it, asshole. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a hero. But instead, I grew up to be a nobody. Another schism. Schism. Schism Schism picked random weirdos and made them fight to the death. And the internet loved it. Nick wins. Hey, Nick. I love you. Coming. Uh, I think you have the wrong approach. Whoa, who are you? Look, this is gonna sound really fucking weird, but can you help me? I have guns bolted to my hands. Yeah, you're right. That does sound pretty fucking weird. You have 24 hours to kill Nix. Fail, you die. Leave the city, you die. Who the fuck is Nix? It's shooting. Anything to do with this. These guys came to my house last night. They're making me fight. But I have a plan. Come on. You can stop trying to kill me. And kill Schism. You in? Um. No. Here's what we'll do relax and stop running! Mistakes were made. Uh, uh. Ten million viewers, you have made history. I never wanted any of this. Fuck! Ah. It's over. It's not over till I say it's over. I wouldn't do that if I was you. You'll just end up blowing your damn face off. And then you'll still be depressed. Even more depressed, probably, because of your fucked up face. Back to the beginning. Nathan, more excited. Yeah. 
so I came across this one. And Amanda, I watched Birds of Prey a couple times. And I just felt like we already, I mean, we could talk about it, but it just kind of looks like a girl suicide squad. That's exactly what it is, Nathan. Sure. I yeah. think we can all agree it would have been more entertaining than downhill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't, no, I can't defend that. I can't defend that. In hi- hindsight, I would probably agree that uh, Birds of Prey could slot in nicely there in the daughter. Uh, <laughs> akimbo means having the hand on the hip and the elbow turned outward. <laughs> I don't know. It was the scene with a Radcliffe trying to put his pants on with the guns. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> what is this? I, I, I don't know what to make of this movie. There's already been a couple of these where there's these this strange game show or game thing involved where people are put against each other or have to deal with things coming at them. So I don't think it's a new idea, but definitely having these guns bolted to their hands <laughs> is weird. very weird. And it, it kind of makes me think of some of the other strange things that Radcliffe has done, like Swiss Army Man and stuff. So I, And Samara Weaving, I really like her as well. So got some two strong people in the front front end of this. It's only an hour and 35 minutes. It looks like it could be absolutely crazy and nuts. So yeah, why not? I want to see how nuts this gets excited yeah nice let me come in after you um i'm also excited i saw this this uh trailer recently at work randomly um the bolted on gun hands is great i love reese darby the homeless guy it's like <laughs> he's oh, yeah. in fucked up face um <clears throat> uh, he always just makes me laugh no matter what he's in i think he's even is he the bank manager in yes man jim carrey's manager like bank yeah is. yeah i just i just remember him from uh, flight of the concords Yes, that's yeah. That's definitely where he's from. The manager, their manager uh, uh, guy. But um, the putting on the pants scene is great. Opening the door, and I noticed something like the weird sort of like integrated special effects that they use to like highlight little moments in the film, like the violence or when he bumps into that guy at the very very beginning of the of the trailer. That was like one of my favorite things about that movie. Wanted. Do you remember that? Yeah. With the bending the bullets, the movie itself was garbage, but they had all these similar special effects. Like when he hits Chris Pratt in the face with a keyboard, the letters "fuck you" fly off the keyboard into the into the camera. I thought that was really fun, so I I, I liked uh, having that return in some form in a movie. And that said, this could end up being very mediocre. You know, these sort of weirdo films like this. Radcliffe has a handful of them in his in his repertoire. Horns. Uh, some of those more forgettable weirdo films. This could fall victim to that, but I really hope it doesn't. So I'm going to go excited. Yeah, I'll watch it. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry for the birds of prey exclusion. Yeah, she's just like hurt. <laughs> uh, so you know what they say about comedies? Uh, they're supposed to be funny, and this looks hilarious. So there's nothing but to be excited, and. Samara Weaving is interesting, mostly because I really want to like her, but everything that she's in, I feel like I enjoy her performance and don't like the movie, Mm. which is weird. Have you seen The Babysitter? No. She watched that. Uh, Actually, Mayhem, I enjoyed the movie and I enjoyed her performance in that. Uh, Ready or Not was a big letdown. Haven't seen it yet, but except for the very very end. (laughs) Keep hearing that. Yeah. It has its moments and she does a great job. It's just, you know. Like who is that too bad? That Argo? No. (laughs) She also uh, changes. Like until her name came up, I was like, "Don't know who that is." Yeah, she looks different. I was like, "Holy shit!" She did it again. What? She looks different in this. Like her nostrils are bigger or something. I don't know. I got a I got a nose thing right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, so that's uh, all excited. All excited. Hmm. Good job, team. <laughs> Relatively in unison today. I yeah. think there's only one movie we're in turn straight. Yeah. Right. Yep. So does anyone want to take a stab at which movie has which percentage? Uh, the Lodge has 96%. No. Really? 73? No. Hmm. Just throwing darts at the board now, are we? 79. 79%, Amanda. The Lodge. All right. Uh, Come to Daddy has 95. Amanda again. 95%. Come to Daddy. Gentlemen, 73. Yes. Which means Akimbo is coming in at 64%. Maybe a quick check on what Birds of Prey is getting. It could put Margot Robbie and Samara Weaving in a film together. They could. Mm-hmm. And have them play like, if not identical, fraternal twins. It doesn't have one yet. There's no critic consensus yet. Hmm. Concerning. Well, they didn't let anyone see it. I just, uh, I wish I had this thing up here. The uh, this whole sales uh, pitch behind um, Birds of Prey is to make it interesting enough that people go and buy DC product from mm. stores. Really? That That's their their hope for this film is that people go and buy DC related stuff. Well, the character of Harley Quinn was really a nice compliment to Suicide Squad, but front and center it's just very like that's a it's a lot of that character. And then there's all these other characters that I don't well, know anything about. Like Ramona Flowers, she's, the Huntress. She's the could, only interesting one. Could be a good thing that I don't know. Suicide Squad. The the title is ridiculous. And the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Oh, sounds like Birdman. It sounds like a... I just didn't want to type it out on my prep sheet, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> thought about Fantasy Island. I thought about that one long and hard. But I, I pictured you guys hating on it for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I already did. You already hated on it? Yeah, I was telling Daniel about it recently. And I was like, this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, surprise, surprise. There's a ulterior motive going on here at this island. Those are the movies that I talk myself into putting on a lineup thinking that, oh, they'll appreciate an extra horror movie in here. And then, then yeah, you guys are just like, crap, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Knives Out did not deserve 97%. Why did it get 97%? People, I've been scared to watch it because like, I was concerned in the... In, a, in the TPP episode that we did about it, but everyone I've talked to like adores it, and I'm like, I can't tell if that means I'm right or wrong. I don't. It's I don't, not. It's not that good. I don't think it was bad. I think Intern doesn't like it more than me. I don't. I didn't mind it that much because it did uh, try to do something a little different. I think with the mystery movie, but it's. I felt like it was. It did something that I didn't want it to do. You know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was like, why are you doing that? I mean, I get that it's different, but fuck, why? That's not. Meh, meh, like that. No, it has problems. Okay. It's fine though. It's not like it's it's not bad, but it's not good. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, oh look, Doolittle got sixteen <sighs> percent. We were just talking about this yeah. earlier. Why? Literally today. <sighs> and what is up with Blake Lively? She can't make a fucking movie that people like to save her life, even though they keep giving her more chances. Even though the movies that she makes are have been good. Well, the rhythm section is thirty-three percent. Yeah, I want to. I still, if I get a chance to see that, I'll watch it. Sim- Simple favor was all right. I, yeah. I liked that movie. Yeah, I didn't mind that. But that's the thing. Like, she should just make you know mass, uh, you know, movies for the masses. She shouldn't try to make this. Didn't people like the shallow or the shallows, whatever? Oh, I don't know. The shark movie where it breaches oh, water in the shallows. Is that on a rock? 
or something. Yeah. yeah, I saw it. It was better than it should have been, but not great. I thought a lot of people liked it, though. They did. It's better than your average shark movie, of which there are hundreds on any streaming okay. service that you can find. Maybe so I'm. It's better than it should have been, but it's not very good. Maybe I'm off base, yeah, because Simple Favor got 85% and The Shallows got 79%. But then there's like All I See is You, that movie where she oh. was blind, and that got 27%. Yeah, that was So it's like she good. does one that gets a decent rating and then she does one that tanks. The Age of Adeline, that's another one. Don't forget Green Lantern. That's the one. That's <laughs> where she got to marry her husband. Well, anything else to uh, add tonight? Uh, people? I think I'm just about out. I just wanted to ask intern for the amount of heaping ridiculous garbage that is Six Underground. The magnets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just so good. <laughs> wanted to confirm. You're just like, oh, that looks painful. And then he goes back and forth and you're like, oh yeah, that would happen. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool looking though. You're just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then his excitement over it too, like I made this. Yeah. This is what I do. He pushes the button. He's all giddy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is a recommended movie then, intern? 600? <laughs> this is a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely guilty. <laughs> There's uh yeah. If you want to watch nonsense for however long it is, an hour and 40 minutes, then yeah. I was, I was really enjoying being a fuddy-duddy about it though. I was really hanging on to yeah. it. Clutching. Was uh, the first scene is really touch and go. You don't you don't know how it's gonna turn out. You know, there's like a parkour guy that's like grinding a rail on a skateboard while shooting a machine gun. It's yeah. like triple X level in certain parts, which is. Well, uh, and what's what's the premise? They're all billionaires, all of them. No, no, just uh, just Reynolds. The rest of them are. Oh, I thought it was six. Like the six of them were all one. super rich. No, mm. no. They just all have numbers, so they don't become emotionally attached to each other. <laughs> the uh, the doctor is sewing up uh, a gun wound while the driver is doing U turns and UEs and smashing into stuff, and she's trying to pull a bullet out and sew up this hole while the person being sewn up while they're in the car shooting out the window. <laughs> and I was having such a hard time being like, you know. Just put a rag over it until you guys stop. Like, just do that. Stop this. Just stop. And then once that was done, it was great. I got right into it. As soon as they stopped, they got out of the car. Yeah. Oh, man. But through all of that, through all that opening scene, you've got baby Franco. Yeah. Yeah. Him so much. Yeah, it was so sad that well, he... Uh, Dave Franco's him. in it? Yeah, at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Okay. He's like number seven or... No, he's number six. He's number like, six. Get a number seven hired. I'm just I'm just taking a look at the lineup here uh, for 122, and wow, wow, just just all Netflix, the West down, huh? Yeah. Just the one of the best lineups. It's it's going to be amazing. Whew. Wow. Hope you guys are as excited as I am. I am. I'm excited to hear about 122 and what it means. Uh, <laughs> the best lineup that's ever existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we thank you, all of you, the cool. Oh, we're still recording. Trillion. <laughs> Yeah, uh, luck for episode 122 will come out in the year 2022. Right, because we, we we hang out and wait a little bit now. Uh, we're also going to be doing a preach for American Beauty. Less clips, more preach, I think, is uh, is called for. But uh, yeah, we'll do that whenever we do it. And you'll see it whenever you see it. And have a good hmm. night. Ciao. I've right. got the winners. <laughs> oh, screwed that up. <laughs>
<laughs> Got the winners. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just can't get it right. <laughs> Since this show was the only thing I had going for me in my life, I have decided to kill myself. <laughs> oh, I I would have uh, um, a marginal erection. <laughs> <laughs> mm.